Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 179, part two of the talk given by Michelle Moran, entitled Put Off the Old, Put On the New. And when I put that in today's uh, language, I'm thinking of, you know, the serious religious people who you and I worship with Sunday after Sunday. Congregations have many serious religious people. I hope we're part of that body. You know, we're serious about our faith and we want to follow the Lord. And what we meet in Nicodemus is a person who's thinking. We don't always encounter that in our parishes. Sometimes, you know, when we, when we get into church, we go into church mode. That Sometimes I feel it's like you drop your brains in the holy water font on the way in. Because people behave very strange in church, don't they? I once watched a whole congregation watch an altar server get set alight. And they could all see it coming. You know how it is? You go, he's too near the candles. Yeah. Yeah, he is too near the candles. Yeah, oh, he's on fire. (laughs) Now, where would you do that in any other place? But there's something about church that says, I can't possibly say, excuse me, you're going to get on fire if you go near that candle again. So we sometimes lose our minds, behave in very strange ways. Now, Nicodemus is a seriously thinking religious person. And we're told that he comes to Jesus by night. Night in John's gospel. It means a lot of things. But one of the things it's symptomatic of is blindness. When you're in the dark, you cannot see. So he's a seriously religious thinking person, and yet there is a theme of blindness. He's not seeing things as clearly as he could. Another sign of night in John's gospel is it's a symbol of unbelief. In the night, people don't believe as clear as they do in the day. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He enlightens us. So we know already, just in this first couple of verses of John chapter 3, that we're going to be in a dialogue of enlightenment because there's an encounter in the dark between a person and Jesus. And we know what's going to happen is when darkness meets light, things become illuminated. And we see this illumination unfolding as we go through John chapter 3. What Nicodemus says to Jesus, because he's clever, is he says, we know that you are a teacher because nobody could perform the signs that you do unless God was with him. So he's sharing his knowledge with Jesus as if Jesus needed to know that, but... Um, He's articulate, he's thinking, he's trying to get his mind around things. 
Now, I can identify a little bit with Nicodemus because I'm a rational person. I'm always trying to work things out. But, you know, you cannot rationalize yourself into the kingdom of God. The only way into the kingdom of God is through the doorway of faith. So I'm not suggesting we don't think because I spend a lot of my time thinking. But what I am saying is you cannot get your mind around the things of the kingdom because the things of the kingdom are so much bigger than our minds. They're so much bigger than our hearts. They're so much bigger than our human spirit. God has more in store for us than we could ever imagine. That's what the word of God tells us. So we need to be ready to expand our way of thinking. What Nicodemus needed to do was to begin to get a new perspective. Jesus says to him, unless a man is born from above, he cannot see, blind, see the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born from above, problem for Nicodemus, trying to get his mind around it. How can a grown man be born? Again, wrong way of thinking. Get a different perspective. But in all these encounters, there's so many of them in the scriptures. What I love about Jesus is he possesses something I do not possess, which is that gift of patience. At this point, I'd be ready to get Nicodemus by the collar and say, are you daft or something? (laughs) Jesus never does. He just carries on stating the truth, revealing the light. Gradually, the light will overcome the darkness. Gradually, the light will overshadow the blindness. Gradually, the light will illuminate any areas of shadow. Jesus always journeys with us at our pace. And that's what's happening in this whole encounter with Nicodemus. And what Jesus really says is, you need to begin, Nicodemus, to leave the place where you are. You've got yourself caught up in your human intellectual way of thinking. You need to leave that place and move to a place where you can gain a new perspective. Some of us are not working so much in the rational. Some of us have got caught up in our own feelings, in our own emotions, in our own heart issues, and then that blinds us to the bigger things the Lord wants to do. We're all different. The Lord comes to us in the way that he needs to come to us. But the point is, he always wants to take us to a new place. The Lord never wants to leave us where we are. He always wants us to journey with him to that new place. And so eventually we get to that million-dollar question, (laughs) which pragmatists always ask somewhere along the line, How is this possible? How? I've listened to all this now about being born from above and this and that. It's all very, very nice, but how? This is what the Americans say, the rubber hits the road. Tell us how to do it. And what Jesus simply says is, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. 
And that's the invitation that he gives to Nicodemus. And in a sense, the good news for us tonight is, I'm suspecting the majority of people in this room have already been born again because we've been baptized. Put up your hand if you're a baptized Christian. Yeah, you've been born again. Hallelujah. You don't look too happy about that, but anyway. Whether you like it or not, you've been born again, okay? Yeah. The problem is, and maybe your faces were showing me that just then, we don't realize the fullness of what that means. In fact, most of us don't remember our baptism. And so when you don't remember something, it's like something that's inherited, but you're not really drawing upon I was thinking of an, an illustration of this, and last week I was in Canada with Peter, my husband, and when we were traveling home, we bought something at the duty-free. And the thing that they do in Canada, it must be some legislation over there, is you buy it at the duty-free shop, you pay for it, and then you leave it there. And then they bring it, to your aeroplane and when you're getting on the aeroplane you give them the ticket and you pick up the duty free so I was thinking about this in terms of, of our baptism because you know we went into the duty free shop and we bought the goods and then we got on with that life that you have to have in the airport before you can get on the plane this is how I spend my life so so by the time we're getting on the plane, I've actually forgotten about the duty-free things. <laughs> and, and Peter, my husband, is saying to me, have you got the voucher? I'm saying, what voucher? You just need your passport. Just get on the plane. You know, just need your passport. He's no, you need the voucher. What voucher? The voucher to pick up the duty-free. And I thought, oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Our baptism, we have received. I received the goods when I paid for them in the shop. But I needed to pick them up. And then, of course, I need to start using the, the things that I've bought. Otherwise, they're just things that you put on a shelf at home. So when we think about this new life, when we think about being born again, when we celebrate that through our baptism, we need to remember to tap into that grace of our baptism and to be open to the more. Because right at the end of each of the Gospels, and it comes up in different ways, what Jesus says to his followers is, there is more. And the more is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because I began with that upper room in Jerusalem, I'm going to go to the end of Luke's gospel, where after Jesus has shared with them, they've recognized him in the breaking of the bread, he's come and he's journeyed with them as the resurrected Christ, he's told them that he's going to ascend to the right hand of the Father, and then he says, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Tonight, I believe the Lord wants to say to us, take a look at what you have already received. Look again. 
Look again at that treasure store within of that deposit of the Holy Spirit that has been put there through baptism, through confirmation, through your sacramental life, through your reading of the Word of God, through your interaction with brothers and sisters in faith. Look at what you've already received. Give glory for that, but press in for the more because I want to clothe you more and more with power from on high. But we've got a choice to make. And that choice is, am I happy with the clothing that I've got? Because I've got used to this now. I've been wearing it for too long today. I left Rome in the... When I left Rome this morning, the moon was in the sky. So you can tell how long my day has been. But you see, I've got comfy in these clothes now. And when we get comfy... Ooh, it's so hard to change, isn't it? Because everything's nice as it is, thank you. I know this Christian life that I've got and it's lovely. Yeah. Do you want a lovely Christian life or do you want to be clothed with power from on high? Do you want the more of the Lord or are you happy to settle for that which you've got? Because the Lord is the Lord who wants to pour out his spirit and pour out his spirit continuously, generously, liberally, and in abundance. Do you want the abundance of the Lord, or are you happy to settle with that which you've got already? I believe tonight, wherever we are, whatever stage of faith we're at, I believe the Lord wants more to give us even more. He wants to give us even more because he is a generous God. But he wants to give us even more because we are a pilgrim people. He needs us to continue walking on that journey of faith, to continue to be open to more and more of the Holy Spirit because we are his missionaries. We are his ambassadors. We are his hands and feet in this world in which we live. So wherever you are tonight, whatever the circumstances of your life, whatever things are burdening you, the Lord wants to meet with you. He wants to touch you. And like Nicodemus, he wants to turn our darkness into light. He wants to transform our night into day. Do we want that illumination? Do we want that sense of the, the light of Christ to shine upon us? In that whole unfolding of what it means to be a kingdom people in Matthew's gospel, after the Beatitudes, and you get the, the, the idea of kingdom living, what does uh, Matthew say to us? In the words of Jesus, he says, that we are to be the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world. We have to be Christ in this world in which we live. We have to be radiating the light and the love of Christ. We have to be salt to the earth. It's so easy to look at the world in which we live and to see everything that's wrong. And there are many, many things wrong. But we are called to be salt to the earth. We are
you're called to make the world a tastier place. There's a blandness around us. We can do something about it, but we can only do something about it if we're open to the more of the Lord, if we're open to that new life, that new empowerment, that more of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit who will help us to illuminate the surrounding darkness, the Holy Spirit who will help us to make a difference in the world, the Holy Spirit who will set us free from those things that hold us down, that hold us in captivity, from useless anxiety, from pathetic fear that dominates so many of our lives, from that insecurity. Only the Holy Spirit can meet us at our deepest point of need tonight. So I want you with me to pray And to ask the Lord to come, to meet us, to help our lives to be transformed more and more so that in turn we can help to bring the Lord's transformation to the world around us. We're called to be kingdom advancers. Yeah. And we can only do it in as much as I say my yes You say your yes, you say your yes, and then together the saints will rise up. And that corporate light will be so much brighter than the individual fire and flame and light that rests upon each one of our heads. Let me just conclude tonight. They're the words you always like to hear a preacher say. Let me just conclude tonight with the words of St. Paul when he's speaking to the Ephesians, I really like Paul. How he always has these great contrasts. You've brought us out of darkness into the wonderful light. Darkness, light. It's, it, you know, it, it's a great symbol of you know, the, the transformation. And in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is speaking uh, about this new life in Christ. And he, 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 he said, you know, if, if I call a spade a shovel, well, St. Paul didn't mince his words. He says, you must give up your old way of life. <laughs> what are we prepared to give up to receive the more of the Lord? What is the Lord asking us tonight to surrender? You must give up your old way of life. You must put aside your old self. Now, it's easy to put aside those things we don't really like about ourselves. But maybe we have to let go of some of those comfort zones as well. Those things, you know, the comfy slippers. Maybe the Lord says it's not a time for lounging around in slippers. You need your walking shoes on because you need to be a pilgrim people. Yeah. Put aside your old self. Your mind must be renewed. How many of us need a renewed mind? I won't look at anybody. I'm not going to tell you anything about my mind except I need a renewed mind, Lord. Because sometimes my mind whirls around with stupid things, with ridiculous preoccupations, with things that drain me of energy, with things that sap me of life, and they're all pathetic at the end of the day. But you're not like me, so you can thank God. Your mind must be renewed, Paul tells the Ephesians, by a spiritual revolution, so that you can, this is what we're going to do tonight, put on the new self. You have to do it. The Lord is not going to throw clothes on you that you do not want to wear. 
Put on the new self, not the remodeled self. Not the new look self, but the new. Tonight, when you go home, if you want, you can go home a new creation. Not just a slightly smartened up creation, but a new creation. Why? Because the Lord wants us to be open to that new touch of his Holy Spirit. Maybe first time, maybe 500th time. It doesn't matter how many times the Holy Spirit is always new. Put on the new self, which has been created in God's way, in goodness. Who wants to grow in goodness? In holiness. Who wants to grow in holiness? And in truth. Who wants more and more to become a person of truth and walk away from the lives of the lies of the enemy? We all do. And all we need to do is to say, come Holy Spirit. And the Lord has promised, I will pour out my spirit. I will, I will, I will. Shall we stand and shall we pray? I just want you to take a moment now because I've said a lot. And I just want you to take a moment to be still. This is you and the Lord. You don't need to look at anybody else. You don't need to take your lead from anybody else. We're not like students in a school where we're controlled by those around us. We stand as the adults that we are tonight before our God. And we just ask the Lord to speak to us just for a few moments in the silence of our hearts. Now, some of us may hear some words. Some of us may not hear anything. But just because we don't hear anything doesn't mean the Lord hasn't spoken. Because he speaks to us in different ways. But let's just be really quiet and just allow the Lord to meet us as he needs to meet us tonight, just for a few moments. And the Lord's promise to us is that he will pour out his spirit. So if you want to receive a new touch, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an anointing from the Holy Spirit, maybe to just hold out a hand, your hands, just in expectancy. It's just a sign of being ready to receive. Lord, you know each one of us. You know our needs tonight. And you want to meet us at the deepest point of need in our life. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you pour out your life and your love and your power and your light and your fire and your love and your grace. Would you pour out these things into our lives? Because we need you, Holy Spirit of God.
We need your touch this evening. We need your refreshment. We need your restoration. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Just pray that with me. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit of God. going to ask you to stay in that, that place of receiving. Just going to ask you to just respond as you need to respond to this. Just be open to whatever the Lord may want to do in your life. And we're just standing in expectancy, in openness, in readiness but in belief and trust that what the Lord has promised, he will do. So just receive. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.